Hello everyone and welcome or welcome back to Hey Alexa, Am I Dying? A podcast that talks about a different disease, disorder, or medical condition that affects the human body. It's now 2023 and the release of this episode marks almost exactly a year since I did my first episode back uh, in January of last year. And to be exact, the heart attack episode was released January 17th, I think, I might be wrong. Um, And I'd like to categorize this episode and the ones after it for this year to officially be season two. This is part two of a continuation of a mini-series from last year, and in this one I'm doing a deep dive into the history of universal healthcare. Similarly to the last one, there will not be an interview in this episode, just me sharing some of the things that I've learned. After this, I'm planning on going back to the original podcast format for sure that I had before, and I'm going to do a spotlight on an organization that... supports the funding of a different disease and hint it will maybe be something about sickle cell disease but for now let's do a deep dive into universal health care the history the pros the cons and the controversy so what is universal health care the shortest explanation is that universal healthcare is a system that allows everyone in a society to access healthcare services whenever they need to without it being financially strenuous. This covers all essential healthcare services such as rehab, prevention, and treatment. The system reduces the risk of an increase in the number of people in poverty because it does not require them to immediately pay out of their own pocket if an urgent medical emergency arrives. This happens by governments using money from taxes to implement towards the healthcare system and using life savings and selling important assets aren't necessary in the system of universal healthcare because everyone can use it and everyone, for the most part, pays their taxes. Some people like to call it, quote, free healthcare, which isn't true in its entirety because money is still paid through taxes, hence the name universal. This also increases the likelihood of people who need medical attention to actually seek it, reducing mortality rates and increasing general well-being of a population. Canada is one of the countries that is most known for our universal healthcare system. Though we've had it for a while now, it has been through some tweaks and changes and will continue to be changed over the future because, again, no system is perfect. When Canada became a country in 1867, the responsibility of maintaining hospitals and healthcare systems was put on the individual provinces of the country. The federal government was given power to tax and borrow, and were given freedoms to spend this money as long as it didn't interfere with provincial jurisdiction. In 1919, the Department of Health was created, and the responsibilities of healthcare changed between these levels of government. In the last episode, I talked about the history of the Spanish flu, and the name of this department came up. 1919 was during the peak of this disease, and there was a national health emergency, which evidently called for action to be taken in terms of public health and safety. Before World War II, Canada didn't have a universal healthcare system put in place. In 1947, the Saskatchewan government was first to propose a universal hospital care plan for the province. For the province, By 1950, BC and Alberta had plans similar to Saskatchewan, and the Hospital Insurance and Diagnostic Services Act was passed in 1957. 
This act helped the provinces and territories by reimbursing or cost-sharing one-half of costs for hospital and diagnostic services. This is a good step towards universal health care. It did not cover all costs, but began the chain reaction after it. In 1962, Saskatchewan proposed another plan, this time a universal provincial medical insurance plan to allow all residents access to doctors' services. This gave the federal government the idea to pass the Medical Care Act in 1966. Within six years of that act being passed, all of the provinces and territories in Canada had universal physician services insurance plans. In 1977, the Federal Provincial Fiscal Arrangements and Established Programs Financing Act was put in place. To narrow it down, this act meant that the provincial and territorial governments had more flexibility to invest healthcare-related funding according to the priorities of that individual jurisdiction. In 1984, the Canada Health Act was passed, replacing the Federal Hospital and Medical Insurance Acts. In 2000, further improvements were made to the healthcare system, as well as additional funding being put into public health in Canada. In 2003, the Accord on Healthcare Act renewal was established, allowing the system to continue and allow its sustainability. This also added a level of accountability, allowing governments to work together to fund and discover additional technologies to aid public health. At this point in time, there was more additional funding that the system received. In 2004, a 10-year plan to strengthen healthcare was announced in order to reform certain areas in the system, including wait time management, indigenous health, home care, health services in the north, prevention, promotion of public health, and more. Adequate funding was given to help the reforms. As explained previously, the current universal healthcare system in Canada uses money from taxes to implement healthcare that is accessible to everyone. The federal and provincial slash territorial governments work together to maintain and fund the system, allowing it to continue sustainably. Though the system is useful, it has some problems that still haven't been fixed, which I will be getting into later on. Okay, now let's talk about universal healthcare in other countries. So in Australia, their universal healthcare system is called Medicare, and it took 10 years to establish. The idea was brought up in 1973, but was shut down by the government at the time. But after more than 10 years, it was implemented in 1984. The system provides free public hospital care and coverage for physician and pharmacist services for citizens, residents, and most New Zealand citizens as well. Visitors to the country, however, need to pay all medical bills and will be treated just as a private paying citizen. This also includes those who might end up needing emergency services. In Brazil, the Brazilian health system is called the SUS. This stands for Sistema Unico de Suede. I'm... I'm not gonna try to pronounce that because I yeah I don't know I don't know how to, I don't know how to pronounce what it stands for but uh, the SUS it was officially created in 1988 and there are three general rules about the system and how it functions so number one all citizens have the universal right to health at all levels number two the different responsibilities have been split up between the governments which is the federal state and municipal and number three 
participation and public opinion to implement better health policies for citizens and health councils for all levels of government is essential. And in China, universal insurance coverage was achieved in 2011 by implementing three public insurance programs. The first one is the Urban Employee Basic Medical Insurance, which was launched in 1998 and is mandatory for urban citizens with formal jobs. The second one is the newly cooperative medical scheme for rural citizens and is voluntary. This one was launched in 2003. And the last one is the Urban Resident Basic Medical Insurance. This one is also not mandatory and covers urban residents without formal jobs. This was launched in 2007 and the newly cooperative medical scheme and urban resident basic medical insurance was eventually combined later on and now called the urban rural resident basic medical insurance. And in Italy, the universal coverage is provided by the National Health Service, or the SSN, which was established in 1978. It covers all citizens as well as foreign residents. However, similarly to Australia, tourists and visitors must pay like private paying citizens for any health services that they may need. But why is it controversial? Universal healthcare is a system loved by many people around the world, but that isn't without its controversy. Some people hate to call it, quote, free, because technically that isn't all true. As explained before, taxes fund these systems, and a common downside to universal healthcare are usually the long wait times most people face. So because it is accessible to everyone, it is difficult to get medical attention right away if you need it. This is one of the major reasons some people prefer private healthcare over uh, public or universal. Those who are more fortunate can pay for private healthcare and get treatment right away, but that system isn't accessible to everyone and people who can't afford it. But why do we need it? Why do we need universal healthcare? I've mentioned this before, but just want to reiterate in this episode that universal healthcare is meant to be accessible to everyone. This puts everyone at an equal level, an equal playing field to use healthcare services and it increases the survival rates among a population. Though it definitely has its faults and needs improvement each and every day in certain areas, the system is put in place so that as many lives get saved as possible. And speaking for myself, I feel grateful to live in a place that has universal healthcare Um, while still acknowledging things that need to be done in order to improve the system as a whole. And that's all I had for you today. This was definitely a very informative episode for me, and it taught me a lot about why the system we have is put in place. If you thought this episode was interesting, I recommend listening to the episode I did a few months back, about indigenous inequalities in healthcare because that one definitely gives a much needed perspective on our healthcare system as well. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to tune in for the rest and follow the podcast Instagram at underscore H-A-A-I-D and on Twitter at underscore H-A-A-I-D podcast. Have a great day, night, or whenever you're listening to this and I will see you in a month.